Hello, friends. So, here's the plan for the next few weeks in terms of what you'll find in the feed here. Today, we have a conversation the five of us recorded immediately after we finished Act 1 back in 2021. Like, minutes after we were done. We talk amongst ourselves about our experience and reflections on everything that's happened in the game so far, while we're still very much in the moment of having just completed it. Next Monday, we have a Q&A we just recorded the other night that answers the questions that you all submitted. Thank you to everyone who did. Uh, I'm hanging on to a few for future use, but we, we answer what we can. And we brought a friend of ours into the studio to ask us your questions and to share her perspective as a listener. It's a real fun conversation. We had a great time. And the following week, in anticipation of the new season, we've got an Act One recap episode for you. We made this as a group right before we started recording Act 2, and it includes a high-level rundown of all that's happened, uh, things to remember, tiny details you might have forgotten along the way. It's a great way to brush up on (laughs) all the stuff before the story plows ahead. And then on April 24th, Act 2 will be off and running. As always, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen, and thank you so much for joining us on this adventure. We're, we're sitting here right now, having just put Act One to bed, Book One of Strange Eons, and I wanted to just uh, check in with the four of you and have a little conversation about everything that we just went through. What surprised you most about the adventure itself? What surprised or delighted you most about the actions your fellow players may have taken? Let's uh, kick off with those things and see if that leads us anywhere. I thought that I would be the one to get the most sanity damage. <laughs> so I absolutely did too. I'm surprised that it was not me. And I'm shocked as well. So surprised that it was me. I think I have a significant advantage over the rest of you yep. as far as that goes. Yep. Yeah. And uh, if anybody was to take 17 points, it's actually great that it was you. Yeah. You know, I'm I mean, think I'm the only one that could have handled it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you that, know, in that the way that I actually handled it, put. I grip into a greater madness. Which would have been Which would have been easy out. He'd, yeah. be, he'd be out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, all so, of a sudden he was Barnabas. <laughs> <laughs> took one for the team and uh, brought it completely on myself. Learned a huge lesson yeah. about playing a psychic who can delve into places that they really shouldn't be delving. <laughs> I uh, really enjoyed the idea of like I, I knew that I was going to play a healer but I wasn't sure how I felt about that. But to, in this environment, be able to play a healer that is not sure they want to be a healer. <laughs> like, to have that kind of um, inner life of, I'm someone who provides a boon and a benefit to my party, but personally, I'm not sure that I'm that kind of person. Yeah. Um, and this world, in this, in this campaign world, gave me a chance to sort of play with that a little bit. You know, you all had no idea. It's, it's, it's the most, it's the least... I have ever told you about any adventure we've ever started. 
and you all had to make choices about character classes, and you all tried classes that were both new to you yourselves and had never been played at this table. And uh, where are you at with the choice of the class that you chose? Do you like it? You're glad you did it? Would you have done something different at this point? I mean, I'm making a career out of playing the one that everybody has to protect. (laughs) Basically. So Uh, so, so the role is really comfortable for me in including all of its discomfort of taking a really long time to warm up and and stuff having very few hit points very few hit points um and very weak fortitude save uh but i wouldn't trade it for anything i mean like the skill the occult skill unlocks alone are like the they're so up my alley and they're so like exactly what I want out of role-playing games in the world. And, and for this campaign and in for particular, this campaign. they are I could not believe so that not everybody picked a class out of the occult adventures. Right. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, I mean, that is an element that I, you know, I had reminded you that they existed. I didn't even know when I picked the class. And yeah. I put zero thought into them before we started <laughs> and you got to the first few I'm like oh this is actually kind of interesting yeah. and then it becomes like one of the, the hallmarks of <laughs> yeah. the entire first act I, I really yeah. liked that aspect I hope that that they grow and that um uh, you know I'm already like looking into what are rituals and how does yeah. that work and yeah. how can I can sort of boost that end of the characters and as I mentioned both research and rituals are going to be not necessarily hallmarks of the next book but inescapable hallmarks <laughs> of many of the books that are going to follow. cannot wait. I loved playing this brawler. Uh, <laughs> Such a cool class. It's so fun. I'm interested to see how it progresses um, moving forward. I'm usually, like I usually tend to be drawn towards very skill check heavy classes. Yeah. And so this one, very few skill checks, but just the, the, the flexibility is so cool to play with and all, there's always something it's not always just step up and hit, although, you know, that uh, certainly happened a <laughs> they lot. They do need you to do that a lot. But, but yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I had a blast playing this, and I'm having a blast playing this particular meat shield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great meat shield. Yeah. Such a cool class. And so much personality and, like, such an arc. I mean, I think of, of all the journeys that each individual PC has gone through, I'm really most sort of interested in since we had such a clear idea of who he was before so very early so on. So early, yeah. And um, how the sort of conversation between the flashbacks of Grip and you playing Grip now, that, you know, developed and, and who he's becoming. I really am intrigued I agree. by that. I, I was so surprised and interested when around the midpoint, Robert, because you're someone who, as we look back on our many years of history playing together, you're someone who's always been very comfortable playing an evil character or a morally corrupt or ambiguous character. You have no issue. You never you never feel compelled if the character is that way to try to put, to put a shine on them or put a positive spin. And so I, I was kind of thinking Grip was going to be one thing, <laughs> kind of like Katie was saying, and then this whole other side coming in I'm like that's just really it's really fun it's really it was exciting yeah and I don't know I don't even know what made that be the case I, this I time I suspect because... it's that subconsciously you knew you had a badge you became our protector like mm. I, I feel I like, like well, and I think that's the there. first thing that threw me yeah was was when uh, I learned that that badge was mine because the, the picture I had like the little descriptions I gave you when yes. we were building the character I think one of the things I told Rob was I think he used to beat people up for money. 
Um, but that was... But, um, and so the whole badge thing really threw me for a loop, and the glimpses of the, the cruelty and the brutality, I don't know, I think it just hit me in a way yeah. where, where me, Robert, was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I want. I don't know if that's what I want to do. Like, but, and I think part of it also is because it's such a survival horror, and this is maybe me being too meta about it, but I, like, I didn't want to be the odd man in a survival horror like I didn't want to be the person that wasn't going to help us sure. get right. through this yeah. and maybe that's maybe that is was a cowardly uh, move and I actually I asked Rob once I said is me doing this just me failing to yes and the situation uh, and and he I, said no he thinks it's, it's, it was a fun yeah. direction I mean, to go I mean so. I like to think that I took over that job from you <laughs> in terms of the, the character that was like I'm not going to help anybody get through this I'm only going to Make it a lot more difficult for everybody. Um, I really did have fun taking, trying to, to do my best to take what you thought you, what you told me you thought you knew, and to build a story around it that could include that, but then would surprise you as much as possible. Like, yeah. I wanted to make every little bit of information you learned somehow fit the narrative, but also be like, what the what? Uh, so that was fun for me. That's a fun challenge for me. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to say that uh, I was super excited to play an investigator because I uh, had been interested in playing like a rogue for a long time, but I think that the the original rogue class is not uh, a great design, and and, uh, and so when I stumbled over the investigator class, I was like, oh, this is awesome. You get so all the sort of like skilly so things Johnny. of a rogue and stuff. Um, and you you get some a little bit of magic with the extracts, so you can do some cool things like that. Um, and then there's stuff that comes online later that kind of makes up for the fact that you don't have sneak attack, although I don't have that yet. Um, and then adding in the layer of like wanting to then deal with uh, with uh, uh, pistols and firearms in this world, because I when I originally looked at the investigator, I was like, I think I want to play an investigator, and I sent Rob, I think like three or four different archetypes and I was like yeah, I could tell this right. one or this one or this one and he was like yeah that one that one that uh, steel hound one that would probably be pretty cool in this world. exactly at the moment that all of you were sending me classes that we've never played I'm like let's push it let's just do nothing we've done before yeah, yeah. we'd never used firearms and I'm um, glad we did glad we did yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> you're you're dealing with. I mean, you saddled yourself with the challenging yeah, class. Yeah, and and I will say, like anybody who's listening to this, this we are recording this minutes after finishing like the first book. So I'm I'm the, sitting the in a really yeah I'm sitting in a real real weird place about that. Uh, I I love the character uh, Johnny Johnny the player is is uh, is also feeling the the uh, pain of being ineffectual right now um but uh but, but it's not like you're an ineffectual class in general you you got a bum role that could have happened to any of us oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean any of us could have been cowering in the corner it's uh, so it, it sucks that that's the final fight but it's not like you have been an ineffectual character right. throughout this oh campaign. no yeah yeah no, if it wasn't for you we'd all be staring at pictures on the wall and that, sure it's so you know? true like <laughs> yeah uh Sure, sure. I, I hear that, and I appreciate that. You are very kind and generous, and I say thank you. Also, uh, who else was going to eat Ratch Man beef? <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. So wrong. It is wrong, and I feel bad about it. 
I don't feel bad about that at all. I, I think it was an excellent choice. I think that I would do that again. How would you have felt if you had uh, not succeeded at that saving throw and you got <laughs> sick Phil from Fever. it? I would have still felt like it was what Gull would have done in that <laughs> Interesting moment. Interesting story. Yeah. I really appreciate, too, how, you know, speaking of Gull experiencing the disappointment and all of your characters experiencing these emotions, we had, I don't know, two or three, two or three chapters in particular where high emotions and conflict came out between these group of characters and I really appreciate the you know the kind of trust that it takes a group of friends playing together to sit in some really uncomfortable moments there in some of those episodes and I think it deepened the relationships to each other it deepened the story we were telling and um, you know, I like those ones because it's the ones where I don't have to do anything. I just have to watch and squirm sometimes. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you, you, the listeners don't get to see and hear the hugs and uh, <laughs> afterwards. But, yeah, there were some really tense moments. I like that. I, well, I mean, I don't think there's any way that we could do this if we didn't love and trust each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I, I, would not, I would not make the choices that I made at this table recording these episodes with people that I didn't feel the way that I feel about you all, mm. because it would I would be I would feel unsafe to do that. Yeah, yeah. So you had a question about foxes? I just want to talk about them. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, the foxes. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't get that on air at all, did we? I don't know if we did, and so, I think it's so worth saying. So the the word fox, I said to them the other the other week. <laughs> The word fox does not actually appear in book one of Strange Eons, which is not technically true. It appears in the scroll of Fox's Cunning, but <laughs> there are no foxes as part of the design of the game. All of that came out purely from what happened at this table. The first fox, I knew that Tima was a wizard. I knew that Tima had a familiar. As I t- tried to decide what Tima's familiar would be, I landed on fox, and then I was going to make that fox have Katie's beloved dog's name just to <laughs> torment her. Um, and I hadn't, I, didn't really, I didn't really think about it beyond that. But then Jody made this choice that his character has this profound depth of feeling towards animals and, and children, and suddenly the fox became a part of the story. And then as I'm sitting there, having been forced by you all to write a, a fucking eulogy... Which was beautiful. Which was totally... <laughs> Heartbreaking <laughs> and beautiful. As I'm I researching, to it like, like, what would a Rosman please? <laughs> then I was like, well, this is this is really interesting. And then it was not long after that that Robert came up with his idea for his backup character. And then it wasn't long after that that I was like, I know how I want to introduce this, but having no idea that it would become the fixation of Dora's <laughs> madness. And then the the Esipil is, I think, in the book, it's supposed to take the shape of a dog. But I was like, fuck it, it's a fox. It's gonna be a fox because <laughs> we gotta. We gotta close the circle here and have our rule of three, three oh, foxes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it so was good. Well done, sir. Yeah. yeah, kudos. So the thing you all did that surprised me the most, as the group of rabid completionists you are, yeah. you did not, no matter how many times I prompted you, read the records for the survivors. I'm like, you are living with this group of people. You are in two rooms that contain every single piece of information you could ever want to know about these people. And because you are the players you are, I wrote out (laughs) what all those records were going to be so that when you found them, I could pass them out because you all are such dorks that way. So when you did, after the chapel fight, you did a rundown of 
the survivors and who they are. Is that all you? That is a combination of stuff in the book and stuff that I had written for those records. Um, so the reason why... Uh, so the story of the Basilie doppelganger, in my head, you know, I don't, I don't try to... So this, is a, this, is, this book is a, is a sandbox. There are a couple mm-hmm. of places where in order to get past a certain point, you have to do a certain thing. But otherwise, there are, unlike some Paizo Adventure Paths, which have a lot, which are very event-driven, like Johnny and I are doing uh, the Starfinder Attack of the Swarm thing, mm-hmm. which, is, which is not a sandbox. It's a, this happens, how do you survive it? Then this happens, how do you survive it? This is, this is an open book. So I, I tried to really, for the most part, not try to write any story but to try to respond with I know who's here and what they're doing and how would they respond to what you all do but I thought because there's such completeness I assumed (laughs) you would read the records so I had planted a record for Basilie that when you read it would make it crystal clear that Basilie's medical condition in real life was actually completely different than the symptoms she was demonstrating there so I thought the story was going to be you were going to investigate and find this clue and go back and save them in time and save winter Save winter. Oh no! Um, so I had put a like I had decided. Okay, this is the day based on what the players were talking about. Here's how much time I think they have to get back. Assuming you all would like find these records and immediately go back. But then Reynard happened. Then stuff happened. You know, things went a different also, way. Also, like the records room. Like when we got there, like <laughs> anybody other than the four of us, I think was the last thing that we were thinking about. I know. I know. Katie's like, I want to know all the detail about this lighthouse. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. It's a lighthouse. It's a picture of a lighthouse. So you're in the room with all of the records of the staff. Oh. Because <laughs> oh. usually I can't. I can't get ahead of you. You're often right. surprising me with the like. This time you were so far ahead that we didn't, we, we took a yeah. different turn. So it, you know, teaches me a lesson about I can't anticipate or plan ahead. Speaking of surprises and anticipation, I still at this point have no fucking clue who my character actually is based on anything that we have. I'm like, okay, so who am I? How did I get there? The number of times I have poured over the blood reading that I... That Dora did in the second episode, second episode yeah. trying to figure out when bodies might have been switched. Oh, and who, it's yeah. just like... So Robert mentioned the, the badge as a prize for him in terms of this, the, the psychometry readings about yourselves. Like, What stands out to you as the one that Violin. The violin. Oh, the violin. <laughs> okay. I mean, and is I, that the end of that? <laughs> oh no, no. That's uh, that's platinum. But that's seat. a straight up Lovecraft reference. It sure is. Which I. Which love. is the, that vision? Eric, and the violin mm-hmm. is a straight up Lovecraft reference. Oh, I didn't know. That. So. I can't remember the name of the story right now. So I've got a- it. anyone who is very versed in the Lovecraft stories, I have specifically since starting to work on this several years ago, not gone back and reread any of them so that I can take what's in the Paizo books and tell my own stories with it, but you're going to continue to see they planted so many wonderful seeds in. Um, you're going to know exactly what book the next... Uh, you're gonna, when you start Act 2, you're going to almost immediately recognize which novel uh, yeah. is is being riffed on there, which mm. is really fun, which is really fun. I was going to say, I think I personally might love uh, Ray Ray and his uh, <laughs> Morning Stars story with the yeah. the guest starring role of oh gosh, was it Matthew Modine? Yes, yes. yes. Oh man, that was uh, just. 
beautiful. Oliver Westinghouse. Oliver Westinghouse. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, put thee to rest. Yeah, the that vision um, with the ear licking, uh, that was... That was that was pretty sweet. Oh of, man, how about those dreams? The dreams were yeah. amazing. I had the a lot of dreams dream prep are... that we never got to because, of course, you all didn't want to experience them. <laughs> oh, I have a question about the dreams. Yeah. Um, I remember when we first got started, you wanted us to share with you stuff that we found scary. Yes. Stuff that was nightmarish to us, and I remember that they kind of came up in some of our early dreams. Is that? Um, yeah, so what's happening with that? I took I took those lists and tried to use the details that you all gave me. I tried to, for the most part, take things you gave me and do them on something on someone else, so that you would not be expecting what was being given to you. And also, having known you all for so long, you know, I'm trying to play around with things that I thought, to a certain extent, might be interesting for you to have to sit there and listen to as a human being uh, in the hope that you would you know, have some of that experience that you're having with your character. Well, bravo. Well, so thank the, you. The joy making, is that a thing out of Galarian lore or did you make that up? It is real. I stumbled across it by, I was going down some Galarian wiki rabbit hole yeah. like five years ago on something so completely unrelated and yeah. I saw that and I was like this is the most messed up thing I have ever read and I just put a pin in that yeah. I was like someday <laughs> with a, the, the joy making is going to be a part of a campaign and uh, yeah, it found a home here that day was now <laughs> yes <laughs> oh that was that was maybe the creepiest nightmare I think for me that joy making was just so horrific. Awful. It's so awful. All right. Well, thank you for sharing the adventure of Act One with me. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thank look, you. Look this forward was, to, uh, you. to coming so back. To it. Thank you. Can't wait to come back. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com.